Thank you for joining us for another episode of COVID Conversations, a special presentation of OCPOD, the official podcast of the American College of Occupational and Environmental Medicine. These recordings began in December 2020 with the hope of discussing ongoing issues related to COVID-19 and SARS-CoV-2. We hope you enjoy. This is COVID Conversations. I'm Erin Ransford, and I'm here with our hosts, Drs. Ismail Nabil and Manny Berenji. Dr. Nabil is the Deputy Medical Director of Employee Health, Safety, and Wellness for the Mount Sinai Health System and an Associate Professor in the Department of Environmental Medicine and Public Health at the Icon School of Medicine. He is a Fellow of the American College of Occupational and Environmental Medicine and is the current Vice Chair of ACOM's Council on Scientific Affairs. Dr. Brenji is a board-certified physician specializing in occupational and environmental medicine, preventive medicine, and non-operative musculoskeletal medicine. An ACOM fellow, Dr. Brenji is active in the Member Communications Committee in several special interest sections. She is currently Chief of Occupational Health at the Long Beach VA Healthcare System in Long Beach, California. She also holds a faculty appointment as Clinical Assistant Professor in the Department of Environmental and Occupational Health at the UC Irvine School of Public Health. Today is December 16th, 2021. On this episode, we discuss the Omicron variant of the SARS-CoV-2 virus and what you need to know to prepare for the upcoming holiday season. Hi, Dr. Nabil. Hi, Dr. Branji. Here we are one year later with COVID conversations, and we're talking about new variants yet again. I I think it's bittersweet, but we have crossed a one-year mark since we started to have this podcast and we're still deep in this pandemic. I'm hopeful that we will come out of it um, at some point. I'm really honored to be a part of this uh, dynamic duo, and we still have a lot to do on the COVID front. So really our job is to educate all of you and hopefully share uh, what's happening currently and what we anticipate will happen in the near future. I, I do want to start with something about a convention that happened here in New York City. Early December, there was a anime conference that was held in New York. It's a fascinating sight to see people dress up in um, different types of dress and almost 53,000 people attended and um, showed their love for Japanese animation shows. So, a guy by the name of Peter McGinn's, a 30-year-old healthcare analyst from Minneapolis, attended the anime convention here in New York. His trip was filled with all sorts of things. He did anime podcast, a, a night of karaoke with friends, a big fan of anime. Um, he actually visited New York City with his friends. And on his return trip, he ended up getting a little bit sick. He was coughing and he was surprised as he was fully vaccinated. And he felt that um, everything's under control. Even though we are in the midst of pandemic, he has nothing to worry about. Uh, He's been fully vaccinated and it it should not impact him at all. Uh, The city is open for business. But unfortunate thing happened. November 23rd, we heard about a fairly new variant of SARS-CoV-2 from Southern Africa. Some reports suggest that it originated in Botswana. The individuals who got sick uh, submitted his sample to Minneapolis 
health authorities. And on December 2nd, the inevitable thing happened. We have one of the first cases of Omicron reported in the U.S., essentially patient zero in Minneapolis. A world change after that. How do we anticipate this change that's coming and how we can address issues at our workplace where we are trying to celebrate holidays and how can we safely celebrate? So before we get there, Penny, what is Omicron and what do we know about it? Thanks, Ismail. So kind of looking into the technical aspects, uh, uh, the researchers in South Africa and uh, other parts of the world have really delved into uh, what is Omicron. So it is actually technically called B11529. And there are actually over 30 mutations identified in the spike protein. So when you take a look uh, at these mutations, there are actually three small deletions and one small insertion in the spike protein. So these mutations are different than what we saw previously with beta and even with delta. The sheer number of these mutations in the spike protein uh, has been assessed and really has been found to be uh, one of the key determinants in the uh, level of transmission uh, that we are currently seeing uh, in the United States and around the globe. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely a, an eye-opener. Um, so Omicron emerged from South Africa. Initial response was to shut down flights coming from southern countries in Africa. As we have seen in the past, uh, the New York City's example in March or April of 2020, we can't stop that virus by shutting down our borders. Uh, and that's exactly eventually happened. We have initial reports of the first case. And then it spreads like a wildfire. There's a lot of interesting thing about Omicron. Omicron is highly mutated virus compared to Delta. Predominant virus currently in US is a Delta variant of SARS-CoV-2 virus. Omicron is a newer kind of virus, highly mutated in the spike protein area with number of mutations. That makes it really, really challenging so initially, the problem was, and most people were concerned about, is that the vaccine might not work. People who have received two doses of messenger RNA, uh, Moderna and Pfizer vaccines, might not be effective for this particular virus. The other part that was really troubling was the sheer spread of the virus occurring in South Africa where there's a huge increased number of cases that's been mounting. So the suspicion came to be true. This virus is considered much more infectious compared to Delta, which is a hallmark of this particular virus. Spreads like wildfires, significantly aggressive in, in spread. A good example is Cornell University example, where upwards of 1,000 students were tested positive for Omicron virus. Every single case was sequenced as per Cornell's reports and almost 100% case of Omicron. That is exceptionally uh, troubling in terms of the virus transmission. It has a significantly high attack rate. So I want to bring it in context of an occupational medicine setting where you're working with a hospital, 
working in an industry where there's a number of workers, an outbreak can potentially collapse your operations, uh, particularly with Omicron. We didn't see that particularly in alpha or delta transmissions. So this is highly unusual and highly unique to Omicron. And so I think we need to prepare for this significant onslaught. The second thing that is really interesting about this virus is there's some reports from Hong Kong, um, but that has not been peer-reviewed, is that there's much more viral load or activity in the upper respiratory area compared to lower lungs, which makes it less, I would say, less intense than Delta, but the transmission risk continues to be significantly elevated. So far in our example, in our cases in New York, we have seen milder cases of Omicron. And there could be multiple reasons. The, the virus is still spreading. It will become a dominant virus in a couple of weeks. The doubling rate has been tremendously high. Yesterday, CDC reported about 13% activity here in New York uh, compared to the rest of the country, which is also seeing this uh, significant surge of Omicron. The question really is, what tools do we have to protect our workers, employees, and how do we negotiate this aggressive virus? Uh, these are very good points, Ismail, and I'm dealing with this firsthand at my hospital. Um, in the last couple of days, we've seen a number of folks test positive, and we have uh, specific surveillance programs for uh, particular units at our hospital that uh, have patients who are immunocompromised. So we're not only picking more cases up with the surveillance programs, but also identifying uh, uh, positive cases uh, within our outpatient units. Um, we've been very vigilant over the last couple of days to uh, message uh, our employees via email, and we're actually uh, doing huddles uh, with respective units uh, every day to ensure that we're doing the basics. And I know we're tired of hearing about washing your hands and wearing your mask appropriately, and ensuring that we're using our face shields and eye protection appropriately. But these are messages that we have to continue to reiterate. And there has been uh, some complacency uh, in the last few months. You know, we thought we were past the Delta wave and we were optimistic about the uh, Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines really holding up against potential variants that were uh, coming. But clearly, Omicron has changed that dynamic. You're talking about the the vaccine efficacy. Where are we with messenger RNA vaccines, particularly Pfizer or Moderna? So data has been coming out in the last week or so, and uh, researchers in South Africa, as well as in Israel and the United States, have been analyzing the effectiveness of the two-dose Pfizer uh, vaccine series, and then actually uh, comparing uh, with those individuals who have been boosted. Um, so for individuals who have been, uh, who have received the two-dose uh, Pfizer vaccine series, the vaccine effectiveness against Omicron is ranging between 30 to 40%. When you add the booster, it actually increases vaccine efficacy up to 70 to 80%. So having those data to demonstrate the uh, benefits of booster shots is really uh, becoming more and more evident, as we can see. And just today, uh, there's been some uh, data uh, pre-published, uh, pre-print, uh, talking about what's happening with the Moderna vaccine. 
So researchers here in the United States, uh, these were researchers over at Duke University, uh, as well as some other institutions. Uh, they've actually have done some preliminary studies looking at the vaccine uh, effectiveness of the Moderna vaccine, both the two-dose series, as well as uh, the two-dose series with a booster. So what's been found is that uh, those individuals who just have received the two-dose vaccine series of Moderna, they actually times less uh, able to fight off the Omicron uh, variant. For those individuals who had the two-dose vaccine series and the booster shot, uh, they actually had uh, much more effective capabilities to fight off the Omicron. So the data is building and we're getting more and more information, but right now, based on what we have, we can really be more and more confident that getting booster shots into arms is going to be key in fighting off this potential surge that we have uh, coming down the pipe. Yeah, I, I think I can't agree more. One of the things I, I think that's really interesting is the impact of boosters, uh, particularly as the previous two shots have been given almost six or eight months apart, eight, eight months out, and tend to wane, the immunity wanes. And I think booster has been helpful um, both in vitro studies that uh, Pfizer's have done, as well as the real-world studies are now showing that Booster will be able to protect against this new variant. There are breakthrough cases that we are also seeing uh, in Boosters, and that is really important to address. We do see significant uh, breakthrough, particularly with Omicron. And special activities like eating together, hanging out together long periods of time in bars or holiday party, or in, in um, which is very common or probably more likely we will do during holiday season. Omicron tends to spread very, very quickly in those in individuals, even fully vaccinated or boosted individuals. So the question really here is, that in order to prevent infection, you, you need to avoid certain circumstances where you're exposed to the infection. The other thing that need to be considered is better protection, uh, probably a better mask wearing, um, even going beyond uh, like a cloth mask to a proper surgical mask or N95 if it's, if it's available to you might be a big help in preventing this virus um, from spreading. Uh, people who have been given vaccinations are less likely to be hospitalized or die from the disease compared to ones who are completely unvaccinated. So again, a plea to everyone or in all individuals who are still on the sidelines in terms of getting the vaccines, I think that um, highlights the urgency or need for it. Absolutely, Ismail. Absolutely. And so um, making this case a little bit further, um, here's a very interesting thing about Omicron. And I, I think part of the reason is Omicron is so distinctly different from other virus or in that lineage. It, it's a distinct virus. And some of the things that really is ex exciting to see is you don't need a full sequence to identify a Omicron variant. Um, so there's a called S-gene drop-off um, during the PCR testing. 
uh, those targets are not seen in this particular virus. S gene drop-off is not unique to Omicron virus. It was seen in other uh, variant of SARS-CoV-2, but this is a really distinct uh, signature that this virus is representing. Even though we need a full uh, sequence of the uh, virus to identify it as an Omicron variant, but the S gene drop-off is a really interesting way to analyze just the PCR um, data, and it might help screen those individuals pretty quickly and isolating them immediately. So another tool, another important information, I think, that if occupational medicine physicians, providers have access to, they can use. Interesting aspect of the virus, which is S-gene drop-off. Moving forward, I, I think... Uh, the importance of sequencing is really there. It helps us identify the virus and helps us um, create some mitigation strategies pretty quickly. So it's important to have virus sequencing done on a more frequent basis. I also want to highlight a point that boosters, regardless of uh, the SARS-CoV-2 variants that we're seeing, boosters in the Israeli study, which was recently published in New England Journal, uh, showed a reduction in mortality, um, which is the final endpoint, uh, and it's significant. So booster is not only helpful in uh, preventing Omicron virus um, from infections, but rather has also shown efficacy in reduction of deaths. As Omicron uh, spreads across uh, U.S., um, what are the other things that you might see that's different for this virus compared to the Delta variant, variant that we're seeing? Right now, based on what we're seeing uh, locally here in California, there's definitely been an uptick in the number of uh, cases in the community, as well as in the workplace. You know, ensuring that we are continuing to educate our community members about what's happening with Omicron, the fact that it's present in wastewater, we're seeing more and more cases uh, in daycare centers and in nursing homes and uh, long-term uh, care facilities. These folks are very vulnerable to the potential impacts of Omicron. And even though preliminary data is showing that uh, the rates of hospitalizations are lower, it's still too early to tell. Uh, the next couple of weeks are going to be telling in terms of how the rapid spread of Omicron, the fact that its reproductive rate, the transmission in the community is spreading like wildfire. Uh, we're going to really see uh, how Omicron is affecting, uh, especially individuals who are vulnerable, folks from the community of color. I, I tell uh, my fellow co-workers and I advise our hospital leadership as well as uh, employers that we have to be able to test, test, test. And really that is the operative word here. If we're not testing and if we're not sequencing, uh, you know, we have to be able to build up our capacity even more than we have now to really be on the front of this. Right, and, and I, I think that's, that has been a challenge uh, for most of the country. Sometimes the test is not adequately available or um, not easily accessible. There's home kits available with antigen testing. Some individuals try to do that. 
before getting a formal PCR test. I, I think that strategy works in some settings. Um, uh, PCR is, of course, the gold standard and helps us identify the virus and um, try to figure things out. In a community settings, um, the high-risk uh, areas are congregate settings, long-term care facilities, correction facilities, homeless shelters. I think we need to be fairly vigilant in in these areas. Other industries that are um, highly susceptible where there's congregational workers. Um, so we need to identify areas. What we did earlier um, at the time we started the pandemic, I think some of the steps we need to take to prevent the transmission um, of this particular virus. Um, the good news is it, it the vaccines are effective and hopefully um, the medications that are on the horizon also tend to be able to um, stop this virus on its tracks. So I, th I think there's definitely more um, better news um, to come. But for now, as we hit the holiday season, um, we need to be vigilant and, and try to minimize the spread of this infection as, as much as we can. Is the incubation period different for the Omicron variant than Delta or other prior versions of this virus? It seemed to spread pretty quickly. What we have seen with Delta, the uh, incubation period shifted. It shifted from Alpha variant. For Alpha variant, we used to wait uh, five to seven days to see if um, the exposure impacted the person. But that changed with Delta. Uh, Delta was much more infectious compared to Alpha variant. And the number got reduced to three to five days that we start to see the spread and transmission. Preliminary um, assessment of this particular variant, Omicron variant, also suggests that this is highly infectious and spreads pretty quickly, and incubation period tends to uh, might might be lower um, than what we have seen with Delta. So, how quickly would one test after being potentially exposed? So, uh, the the recommendation remains the same at this point. It's about uh, three to five days, and then five to seven days later, I. I would uh, recommend testing twice uh, to make sure that we are uh, capturing people who have um, asymptomatic infections or um, people who have um, who were not symptomatic yet but uh, harboring the virus. Would you recommend an at-home test kit? Um, so at-home test has, has evolved significantly from our previous uh, go-around in the pandemic. So most people have home test kits now available, and they can do a quick antigen test. The only caution I want to give to that is um, people who are tested negative with the antigen test and they are symptomatic, I highly um, recommend that they need to get tested um, and get tested with PCR. That's a much more uh, robust and test, and it's a gold standard. Then uh, that will give us a better understanding of their infection. With a high number of people vaccinated and boosted, we might see a milder case. And uh, most of us tend to minimize that the mild cases and and not um, think about testing 
ourselves and, and preventing further transmission. Uh, these are very excellent points. And I currently uh, advise uh, corporations, uh, especially with the holidays in full swing. Uh, a lot of uh, employers were uh, trying to plan their holiday gatherings. So try to devise a testing strategy, incorporating these rapid uh, test kits uh, that can be done at home. Um, I've been advising these groups to test uh, up to three to four days before the event with the, with the at-home kit. And if that comes back positive, then they need to confirm with a PCR test. Um, so really, really trying to provide uh, guidance for employers should they choose to go down that route. Uh, there are uh, strategies uh, that can be implemented uh, to help minimize the spread of Omicron, especially during this holiday season. But clearly, if we want to focus on uh, reducing uh, the number of cases that we're seeing, I know this is hard and people are, you know, having vaccine and just virus fatigue at this point, really trying to emphasize that if we can really focus on our loved ones and making sure that we can protect them, you know, getting tested, if you're planning to see your mom or dad or your grandma or grandpa, uh, making sure that you're taking the necessary precautions to keep them safe, um, you know, we're still not out of the woods yet. And I know people want to celebrate and have uh, those gatherings with loved ones and friends and coworkers. It, it's been a long haul. I mean, this has been going on now for almost two years at this point. And, you know, the, the whole concept of uh, fatigue is real. Uh, employees ask me all the time, like, hey, doc, when is this going to be over? And I wish I had that crystal ball and I could tell them, hey, it's going to be over on this date. But unfortunately, we just don't have that type of information to make that type of declaration. Um, so it's really important that we continue to stay vigilant, uh, continue to counsel our employees, uh, our uh, employers, our community members, um, that you know we got to stay strong. We got to continue to test. Uh, when in doubt, get a test. I mean, that's pretty much what I tell folks. Because if we're not doing this and we're not doing this right, the way things are looking right now, we're going to see another uh, surge. And it's just one of those things where it's it's exhausting and, and I get it, but we have to stay strong and stay focused. Uh, there are um, strategies available to uh, reduce the spread. Um, most employers are moving towards getting uh, employees vaccinated, which is a very good strategy moving forward. Um, I would add getting boosted is also um, should be part of the arsenal now. Um, and I think that will prevent this massive outbreaks that we see with Omicron. And that directly impacts productivity, uh, personnel, and well, I, th I think there's a lot of examples today that we're seeing from NFL to um, uh, schools that have gone remote. Both Stanford and Cornell have uh, this significant issue that we have seen. And secondly, uh, New York is, Broadway is the heartbeat of New York. And some of the shows have gone dark because there have been a significant spread of virus among workers. Uh, so 
I, I think a smart, good strategy to tackle um, is imperative right now, particularly uh, for occupational medicine physicians who are on the front lines. They need to start to look at this virus a little bit different than what we were doing before and try to get ahead of the curve. With this, um, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Ismail. Thank you both very much. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back with another edition of COVID Conversations.